0: Welcome to the Microcomp Podcast. This is a tactics episode where I painfully recount that one time that we accidentally deleted all our customer credit cards. This is a fun story in retrospect, but there's a lot of lessons learned. And this story was originally told on our YouTube channel, microconf.com slash YouTube. If you wanna see all the visuals and see me cringe as I recount this tale of yeah, you delete all your customer credit cards. It, it kind of makes a hair stand up on the back of your neck, it makes it panic just a little bit. But what I do like about this video and what you're about to hear in this podcast is I talk through the thought process of troubleshooting when this happened. There was initially some panic and then after gathering our breath, we said, well, what do we do? And we came up with like three different plans, plan A, plan B, and plan C of how to keep going because the plan D was to shutter the business and I didn't want that to be plan A. Before we dive into that, tickets for MicroConf US in Atlanta next April 2024 are on sale. This event will sell out. If you're thinking about coming to Atlanta April 21st through the 23rd to see me co-host this event with Leanna Patch and to see speakers like myself, Rand Fishkin, and several others, head to microconf.com US to grab your ticket before they sell out. We had an amazing event just a few months ago in Denver. And I expect the event in Atlanta to be no different. So microconf.com US to grab your ticket today. If you've ever thought about selling your SaaS company or your WordPress plugin, or even a content website, head to microconf.com sell. We have some great resources for you there, such as the psychology of exiting your company, which was a talk by our very own Dr. Sherry Walling as well as a way to opt in to hear about our exit event, which is an exclusive microcom treat we're thinking about running next year. Plus links to episodes of Startups for the Rest of Us. And all of this is brought to you by our brokerage partner for 2023, it's Quiet Light Brokerage. They're an entrepreneur-led organization that assists people with growing, buying, and selling online businesses I have a very high opinion of Quiet Light and how they operate their business. Their reputation is stellar in our space. Thank you to Quiet Light for supporting MicroConf and this podcast. And I hope you'll check out microconf.com sell as well as quietlight.com if you're interested in learning more about buying, selling, and growing your online business. And with that, I hope you enjoy the story of the time we accidentally deleted all our customer credit cards. I wanna take you back almost 10 years to a hot summer Sunday evening in Fresno, California. It's 11 p.m. I'm thinking about wrapping up what I've been working on when suddenly my phone starts vibrating. I check the screen and it's a contract developer and friend of mine, Derek Reimer, who was doing contract work for me on Hittail and on this new project I was working on that was later to be named Drip. The problem was Derek and I didn't call each other. We always texted. So I answered the phone with Uh uh-oh, is everything okay? And his response, his first question was, do we have a backup of the database? It turns out through a slip of the finger, he had forgotten a where clause on an update statement and had effectively deleted every customer credit card we had on file. This was one of those moments where you think to yourself, I wonder if we're gonna make it through this. And in this video, I'm gonna tell you the full story and also talk about four key takeaways that I learned about dealing with this situation. I'm Rob Walling. I've started six companies, five of them bootstrapped. I've written four books on entrepreneurship, and I've invested in more than 150 startups. If you stick around till the end of the video, I'm going to tell you how we ultimately arranged things so we would have had very little downtime, even if we lost our entire database. So Derek and I are on the phone. We're trying to troubleshoot how to get this data back in the database. We know that we have a database backup, but we have a contract DBA who was a freelancer, but he was a guy I'd worked with for quite some time. He was in Poland, so he was on a European time zone. I think it was 11 o'clock Pacific time where I was, which put it around 7 a.m. his time. So I go into Skype. This shows how long ago it was. We, we didn't use Slack at the time. And I emailed him and we tried to get a hold of our DBA to figure out, can we restore this table? It should be possible, right? If we have backups, this should be relatively easy. I will say, as a developer, if you've ever forgotten a where clause on an update statement or a delete a row statement, I've done this myself at least twice. Derek had done it in production, in essence, in Drip. In the early Drip database, we had 100, maybe 200 paying customers. He felt terrible. And this is where those of us who are our hardest critics, the person who is most angry about this is usually ourselves. And I told Derek, look, don't feel bad. This is a mistake. We'll figure out in the future how not to make it. But for now, let's sit down and figure out what our options are. So before I tell you how the story wound up, let's look at what we can learn from this experience. I have four items to walk through. The first is that if you're building startups, catastrophes are inevitable. I've seen founders or their companies get hacked. I've seen folks lose customer data. I've seen cease and desist, lawsuits, a critical platform banning or blocking API access, Every one of those and more has happened to companies that I'm invested in, companies that I've owned. It is inevitable if you do this long enough and you do enough interesting and risky things, the catastrophes will happen. So the key is to stay calm and look at all the possible solutions. Rally your team or yourself and get to fixing it. You can panic for a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, then take a deep breath and think, what are all my options? The second step when this happens is to do just that. It's to look at all the solutions that you have, put them in order of which we want to chase down. Sometimes if you have a team, you're going to be chasing two simultaneously and then act, then get to fixing things. As Derek and I discussed our options, we knew that the best option was to get a hold of our DBA if we could and restore the table from the database backup. But we realized maybe the DBA was out for the day. Maybe the DBA wouldn't respond, or maybe it's always possible that your backups don't work and that we wouldn't be able to restore the database table. So then, what was plan B? Plan B for us was realizing that the actual credit card numbers were stored in Stripe. And what we had lost in the table was a customer token that linked us to Stripe. We hadn't lost the actual credit card numbers. So we could have, would have been a pain, we could have manually mapped each customer from our database to Stripe using the name field or an email address or some other identifier. It would have been manual, but it probably would have gotten us at least 95% of the cards, maybe all the way to 100%, not the ideal solution, but at least it's something that would work if plan A wasn't coming through. And then we came up with a third option, which was if somehow mapping them manually wouldn't work, we can email all of these customers and ask them to input their credit card number again. This is far from an ideal option. I bet we would have lost 10, 20, 30% of our customer base. It would have been a large number and it would have been disappointing, but it's not business ending. That's the thing to keep in mind is even things that sound like a catastrophe, like losing all my customers' credit card information, these are just speed bumps. They're not roadblocks. It wouldn't have ended our business and in fact grew to become a multi-million dollar company that I sold for enough money that I never had to work again. And we had many catastrophes like this along the way and each one we sat down, we planned, and then we figured out how to fix it. The third lesson to learn from this is to plan for bad things to happen and to hopefully mitigate them in advance. So there's a balance here. You don't wanna build a $10,000 fence around $1,000 in cash. But there are things that are pretty likely to happen as you grow, including things I've already mentioned, like data loss, getting hacked, being sued, having a cease and desist sent to you, having application downtime. How can you spend a small amount of time and or money to protect against each of these? Having backups of your database, paying a third party like tiny seed company Glitch Secure to do pen testing or security audits, having insurance in place, having a protective corporate structure in case you do get sued that you don't get personally sued. There are so many ways to think about mitigating some of the more common things that can happen to you. And if you prepare, for bad things to happen without expecting them to, you can do your future self a favor. And the fourth thing to learn from this is specifically with database backups, because data loss is something that is actually quite likely to happen in the life of your startup, whether accidental, whether it's on purpose, whether your hard drives fail, or whether you miss a where clause. It's to not only have backups, But test your backups. Test your backups over and over. I've heard the same story 10, 20 times about companies that back up their database, but they never test the restoration process. I've seen entire startups doing six figures in ARR. I think there was one that was in seven and they had to shut down. They had to shut down because they had backups that just didn't work. They didn't restore. So what I've always done is paid a DBA, a database administrator, a few hundred dollars a month to not only make sure the backups run, but to test those backups once a month. And our DBA would restore the backup and then run several queries against it to ensure the backups were working. With things like mitigating data loss, a little bit of effort and planning goes a long way. I'm sure by now you're wondering, how did this all end up? Did we lose the credit cards? Did we need plan A, plan B, or plan C? The end result of our journey to get the credit cards back ended very quickly. Within a half an hour, our DBA was awake. He said no problem. He grabbed the most recent database backups, did a restore, and in no time, we had all of our credit cards just like we'd had an hour before. It was a fairy tale ending for something that could have obviously gone pretty poorly. But following the steps that I outlined in this video, we had had a couple of backups even if that initial plan hadn't worked. In a minute, I'm going to tell you how we eventually got to the point where we would have had almost zero downtime even if we'd lost our entire database. But before that, I wanna recommend if you like this YouTube channel and you're into podcasts, I have two podcasts to recommend that are related to this channel. Startups for the Rest of Us is the first one. I'm approaching 700 weekly episodes. I've been recording about 30 minutes every week for 13 years. It's all about building, launching, and growing bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped SaaS companies, just like we talk about on this channel. The other one is the MicroConf podcast. Just search for MicroConf in any place you get podcasts. That's where we pull some of the audio from these YouTube videos videos like you're watching, as well as a lot of our MicroConf Talks, and we put them in an easy-to-consume podcast feed. So how did we get to the point where we would have had almost zero downtime? Well, this is not something you wanna do from day one because it's expensive. But once you get further along, you have a lot of paying customers, you have revenue, we paid for a complete hot swappable replica of our database. It was a live backup. It was expensive, but it meant we would have had close to zero downtime if something happened to our database, which was one of the only single points of failure in our application because everything else was spread across multiple servers. The front end interface, the APIs, our queuing, all of that was a bunch of servers running, but with our database, since it was a single server, that was a single point of failure.